0: 702 on 92.7 and 106 FM
1: streaming on 702.co.za the 702 app and on TSTV channel 856.
2: Hello, it's seven minutes past twelve. Welcome to the holiday edition of the Midday Report. My name is T.D. Madia, Associate Editor for Politics here. But for this festive season, I'm standing in for Mandy Wiener. We're coming back from a really busy, long weekend, at least on the political front. Of course, I'm speaking about former President Jacob Zuma and that Umkonto was with, uh party, making themselves known. And of course, nine people were killed in the northwest. So apparently, Basoto Nationals opened fire on a group of COSA speaking people were drinking on Saturday night at the Popo Molefe settlement. It's a really odd one for me. I first thought, could this be linked to the Zama Zama wars? Is that even a thing though, between these two particular groupings? So it's something that I'm trying to make sense of. I've heard about conflict between Basuotu and Zimbabweans. So there's just a lot that I'm trying to make sense of. I'd like your views on this as well. But also, what we are covering for you this hour, a senior member of the EFF appearing before the Edenvale Magistrates Court, the so-called Deep Slot Five, community members of facing charges in connection with vigilant a vigilante attack. We'll also look at a constitutional court ruling, very interesting one, on whether one should still be liable for debt even though they did not know did not know about it. It's interesting because I would assume we could all just plead ignorance, can't we? Um your thoughts on these and other stories this hour sent through a voice note or WhatsApp on O seven two seven oh two one seven oh two or O seven two five six seven one five six seven
0: your voice your station let's walk the talk 702
2: 702 we start out in guru anyway i did say a former official in the eff is due to appear before the edenville magistrates court today we understand she was arrested last week in bedford view ewn's tabiso goba is attending that particular court case he joins us now on the line tabiso good afternoon thank you for joining us I think I'm struggling to find Tabiso. We'll catch up with Tabiso in a little bit where we'll find out what is happening. It is a really odd story where there was an issue of assault and we haven't been able to speak to find out from the party. I mean, I've called people in the EFF to find out what is going on and I haven't gotten a full sense of what it is, but I do understand a former official, and as I said to Clement, a former a current spokesperson rather, is an accused in this particular matter is appearing before the Edenvale Magistrates Court. We'll get a little bit more on that a little
0: bit later your voice your station let's walk the talk 702 702
2: and as, as I said before there is that Zuma matter that we will be revisiting we'll speak to the MKMV it's kind of a very convoluted name because remember the Umkonto Sizwe Veterans Association was disbanded I think as far back as 2021 and so now you've got a different name for the grouping and it's very convoluted it is now called the Umkonto Sizwe Liberation War Veterans and we'll also get a view from them about what happened over the weekend we'll speak to analysts again to dissect what actually is going on but I want to go back to my story about the EFF former official who appeared before the Edenville Magistrate Court. I see Tabisa Koba is now on the line. Tabisa, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Um, Has the accused made an appearance yet? Do we know who she is?
0: Good afternoon, CD. Yes, um, she did make an appearance. Actually, the matter has been adjourned about um, just five minutes ago. So obviously she is the current, um, EFF national spokesperson. Um, she's obviously that, um, she's obviously now uh, the coordinator of the outings um, of EFF's counting elections, uh, campaign. Uh, it's Leanne M- uh, Mateis um so she's obviously uh one of the she's the accused um in this case now in terms mm-hmm. of the in terms of the case um cd so it's alleged that um the incident happened on the 9th of december um at Kulili's farm in uh in bedford view so the eff you remember that eff was having its youth voter registration weekend um oh, yes on but the they had the day. series of
2: festivals across the province that weekend.
0: yes mm. yes yes that weekend so um uh, allegedly um, um, uh, Leanne Medes, Um she wanted a tag from one of the EFF female staffers and obviously she ended up having to grab the female staffer by the neck, causing the staffer to fall. Um, so that's basically what what happened, uh, what we were told in quotes today. So um, she made a very brief appearance. She was accompanied by um, the EFF uh, MP, Dr. Sam um, Bwysen in It was a very brief appearance. Um, the matter has been postponed to the 26th of January um, because the state is still awaiting a medical report and obviously more witness statements. Uh, we did speak to uh, Josie and Leanne Mateus, um, mm. um after court, um, after but they said they were rushing to a meeting and that they will release a statement on this incident um, uh, later today.
2: All right, thank you so much. That's Tabiso Goba out in Okuruleni at the Edenville Magistrates Court where the EFF spokesperson, as you heard, Leanne Matais, appeared on a charge relating to assault. He says it goes back to those festivals that they had, those voter registration batches that they had across the province and that she'll be back in court in January. Thank you so much, Tabiso.
1: Because this journey is better taken together. Let's walk the talk 702.
2: All right, so I did say that this long weekend was a, a very long one for me. Former President Jacob Zuma saying he remains loyal to the ANC, but calling on party members to not support the ANC of Cyril Ramaphosa come next year's elections. My five cents on it is that he has thrown a hot ball in the ANC's court. And not only that, but he also made, uh, I mean, reflections on former President Tabo Mbeki. Former President Tabumbeki and I had a conversation, I think, back in May in Conakry, Guinea about what his position is on the the ANC and former president Jacob Zuma relate reflecting really on that particular interview and what Mbeki had to say. Take a quick listen to what Mbeki said back to me. In 2021, you had campaigned for the governing party and you said you came back up because they're finally being honest about what's going on. 2024. what? Yeah, we're going to 2024. What happens with you now? Do you still go back to the streets and campaign for your political party? Do you still feel it's being honest with South Africans about what's going on?
3: It's a legitimate question, uh, but when I'm able to answer it today, I'm not sure. It's a legitimate question because indeed there are many things that are going wrong which are not being attended to. Uh, you can't, I can't go to the, the ordinary people of our country and
4: vote for these people who are doing wrong things. Can't say that. So I'm saying my answer is still outstanding.
2: So the former president then saying, well, even my predecessor is not so sure about the ANC. But of course, what he has done for me, as I said, is like he's throwing a hot potato, a hot ball, whatever you want to call it, back at the party, putting the party in a quagmire. Under normal circumstances, rules of the organization must kick in. But can the ANC afford to do so? And the other question is, can it afford to not act under act, um, under such actions from a former president? What sort of precedent does it set in how the ANC handles this particular matter. A former National Executive Committee member, I'm sure you might have heard, speaking to Clement Manyatera, my colleague, a little bit earlier on on what should happen. I posted uh, a piece from the ANC's constitution, and I think what Derek Hanukom says is in line with what the ANC's constitution says. Take a listen.
4: So openly, uh, support a party in opposition to the ANC. You're saying, well, you know, that's it. You can, you can take me to disciplinary hearing. You can expel me. But the fact of the matter is I've made the choice myself and I know that the consequences of this choice would be expulsion. Mm. So, I mean, as, as any member, he, he, he's free to do so. Uh, but then he must know he, he can't define the ANC that he wants to be a member of. That is a bit ludicrous. So when he says, you know, I won't support the ANC of, Uh, So Ramaphosa, the Ramaphosa ANC, well, he can't choose which ANC um, he is to be a member of or he chooses to be a member of. Um, You know, he would have probably said the same thing about uh, Mbeki. You can't say, I won't be a member of Taboombeki's ANC, I won't be a member of Ramaphosa's ANC. Because by implication, you're saying the only ANC I'll be a member of is the Zuma ANC. Right. And, you know, that just doesn't work.
2: That's Derek Hanekom, a former NEC member of the ANC, speaking to Clement a little bit earlier on. Listening to that conversation is Dan Hato, Umkonto Wesi's Liberation War Veterans of South Africa's Convener. It's a very long title, Dan. Um, you are listening to that. It is that simple to me as an outsider. But before we speak about what, what must happen, let's, speak about, let's speak about the significance of the date that he had picked. That was not a mistake. That was, mistake. That was an anniversary. That was an important date in the lives of Umkonto we
5: Way, is it not? Uh, thank you for this interview. Good good afternoon to you and your listeners. Um you know this date December 16 to to members of Mcondo I would say it's uh, it's sacrosanct. It was puzzling for us for the former president to have chosen this date for the announcement that he made uh, because he, he, the, the, the that that date carries a glorious history of Mkonto um Sizwe, carries a legacy of Mkonto um Sizwe, carries a heritage of Mkonto um because before Mkonto um was formed on the 16th of December, 1961, the former leadership, people like Nelson Mandela, Moses Kotane, Albert Lutuli, they deliberated until early hours of the morning it was difficult for Comrade Nelson Mandela to convince Moses Kotane. It took him days until he convinced him. Now, they were first with a situation of convincing President Albert Lutuli, who was a peaceful person who believes. They had to do it until he was also convinced mm-hmm. You know, you remember the the, the 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 quote always people talk about that they even said that if you think that you'll come to my place and steal my chickens and think that I'll fold my arms, you know, you are mistaken. You know, so that was somebody who people thought that he was one of those pacifists. You know, at that point in time. But when this was explained to him, that there comes a time in the life of any nation to submit or fight. Mm-hmm. That time has now come to South Africa. He accepted that a quote that the former president Jacob Zuma is misusing at all costs. So we feel the pain of what has happened on Saturday, the 16th of December. You
2: are an. Unequivocal, or rather, you quote the unequivocal position of the ANC Constitution on all of this. You list the clauses from 25.17.4 all the way down to 25.17.14. I saw an interesting one there, about 25.17.13, that says joining or supporting a political organisation or party other than an organisation in alliance with the ANC in a manner contrary to the aims, objectives, and policy of the ANC. That's an act of misconduct, from what I understand. His supporters have been saying to I mean, yeah, but um we is an alliance, and I'm like, but it isn't. This is something that the ANC itself says it does not necessarily recognize. What ought to happen now with the
5: former president? Then, yeah. um, I said we leave that to the African National Congress. We are disciplined members of the ANC. We are disciplined former soldiers of Umkhonto we But all we are seeing is that at this instance, the former president has outrightly brought the African National Congress into disrepute. So if the leadership of the ANC is principled and adhere to the constitution of the African National Congress, then the leadership of the ANC has to do the correct thing.
2: Then, We're not going
5: mm-hmm. to do, oh, We're not force them to, to do anything. Uh, probably that they won't do, but we are saying, as principled members of the african national congress we need to be principled if we are saying we want to renew the party that is the most important thing for us unless the issue of renewing the party is a rhetoric then that's a different ball game in this instance former president jacob zuma has said himself by issuing out a statement of this nature that you dare, and we're saying that there's no who's bigger than the ANC. So, so you are asking. To be done.
2: So then you are asking your party to put its money where its mouth is. Ultimately, it must see these things through. I think the messaging is quite clear. But if the ANC opts for a solution that tries to protect the party, they've got elections next year. What will then be the reading of your own organisation if it moves to not? do what you expected to do as a principal organization
5: uh, look we 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 are fully fledged members of the ANC we joined the ANC out of our own accord we joined Um out of our own accord and we were taught this thing that didn't just come naturally we went through a process we even took the oath that is today being misused by president Jacob Zuma because he wants to separate the very same um with Caesar from the ANC. And this was made clear in 1969 in a conference of the ANC by the tripartite Alliance okay. that we give the running of this army to the ANC. We agree the ANC is supposed to give political orders to, to this army. All right. So if, 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 if really for, for the movement, it is about Losing votes, we are saying if we lose votes and then we go to the next, this thing, uh, political life of South Africa, having lost votes, so be it. We must try and sweep our house to be in order, so that at the end of the day, we are in a position to concentrate on the national democratic revolution to bring our people to where they're supposed to be. All
2: right, thank Presently. you. I'm going I'm to I'm a- cut you there, Dan. Thank you so much for your time. I want to unpack this a little bit more. Thank you so much. That's Dan Hato, a convener of Mkonto, with Caesar liberation war veterans uh, Association of South Africa, saying that actually, even if it means losing votes, the party, if it's committed to renewal, must see its principles through. This is what renewal ought to be about. I'm now joined by Dr. Liva Ndou, who's a political analyst. Dr. Ndou, this is the true test of renewal renewal is it not welcome to the show
3: good afternoon to you cd good afternoon to the viewers indeed it could be a true test for renewal um but my view is that part of the renewal exercise in the anc has to deal with approaching tendencies that appears to be ill disciplined tendencies that um, are not properly aligned to the principles of the organization and at the same time ensuring that you keep those that are still committed to the cause and those that are quite clearly no longer committed to the cause, you actually release them.
2: How easy would it be to do so? You know, some in the ANC have said to me, well, he's, in essence, former President Jacobson has expelled himself from the party. But what he's asking for and what we see he's looking for is for the party to actually pull that salvo, to make that official, um... How possible is it that the ANC would actually do so, would go ahead and say, for the sake of this organization, we must be seen to uh, be leaning on the principles, the constitution that we say we adhere to, versus trying to seek a political solution with somebody who I understand has been refusing to give them an audience?
3: Well, uh, one of the challenges, in my view, that could be facing the ANC is the fear of the unknown there is a perception that is um, flying uh, out there that suggests that you dare act on Jacob Zuma, you're going to lose votes. And I think that might be uh, something that is influencing the behavior of people like Mr. Jacob Zuma to clearly indicate that he's going to stay on in the party and continuously uh, defy the party. And, and my sense is that, uh, by just making that pronouncement over the weekend, the message is loud and clear. It says that I'm defining myself outside the party. I am no longer a member of the ANC. And I think what the ANC has to do is a very simple thing, which will be to only release former president Jacob Zuma because he has already started the process himself. But I think the strategies that Mr. Zuma uh, appears to be using is to say, I want to stay on in the party and destroy the party from within. And he might have observed that those who have left the party and try other projects, they appear not to be succeeding. And what he feels is best is to actually uh, um, uh, behave in a manner to anger those that are within the party and constantly weaken the party. And the ball, in my view, it's in the ANC to act. And Mm. uh, in this case, it's something quite easy to deal with.
2: There's also this question, this is my last one There's also this question of his influence Some generally still believe he's so influential That he'll have a detrimental impact on the party I make an argument that actually With political office or any office really The minute you step out of it, your power starts to wane, and that you're not as important Even to KZN, he might be Important on a question of, it's his home Province, he had managed to bring in over a million Voters, um, uh, to win over a million Voters at some point, but I Don't know if the NC and the leadership Structures are exactly where he led. Them. i think the f- faith of the nc has changed drastically with younger people taking over leadership positions there's a question of influence your reading of his influence is it over exaggerated are we am I, am I undermining him
3: well i think that's why i talk about the fear of the unknown mm. um, uh, and the perceptions that uh, seek to suggest that you dare act on former president jacob zuma you are going to lose support the, and the ANC is going to be divided. My view is that the reason you have got rules and regulations and they have the constitution is to ensure that you keep people in line with the principles and the values of the organization. And if the ANC indeed is true to its values, they actually just have to follow the constitution which they, if they, which had to be relooked in the previous conference and they felt that it is correct that the people who misbehave and support other parties outside their own party are actually in contravention of their own constitution. So it's very easy for the ANC to act. But I think there is one point that I think we need to talk about the delays and the processes within the ANC in terms of discipline which appears to be the factor why there is a lot of ill discipline within the party.
2: Thank you so much, Dr. Levando. That's Dr. Levando weighing in on this issue of former President Jacob Zuma. The NC must go into the unknown. Into the unknown, you must go and stop fearing the unknown and figure it out as you go along.
0: Your voice. Your station. Let's walk the talk. 702.
2: 702. We cross now to KwaZulu-Natal where we find our correspondent, EWN correspondent in Tlanta Mabazo. So, so the NFP held an elective conference over the weekend, but it seems like the outcome has not necessarily been accepted by everybody in the party in Tlanta. I am short on time. Just very quickly, help me understand. I know there was a media briefing today. What is the issue yeah. with the outcome from this
6: weekend's elective conference? Well, see so the, the Secretary General, Kenan Ledger, who's also part of the interim NEC that was formed in 2019, says that particular conference um, was unlawful. So he's basically saying the people that participated in that conference were suspended by the party exactly this month and days just before the conference. And when asked if they were suspended because they were planning this particular conference, he says this has nothing to do with that, but their misconduct in the party and, of course, disobeying the. Regulations of the party. So, according to Mleje, this conference that was held, which elected Ivan Burn, is 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 is, un, is unlawful. So they are basically saying that there was no conference. But also, really interesting is that the people were saying this. They themselves, their conference was nullified by the court, and there currently <laughs> there's currently that appeal. There's currently that appeal in Bloemfontein. So they are basically saying they should wait for the court processes before conducting any conference
2: you cannot make the things that happen in this country up like at all at all so what happens now they are going to elections we are less than what six seven months away from Mm -hmm. elections they won't accept this outcome the previous outcome is also being challenged what happens is this a party that believes it will be on the ballot come may 2024
6: well this is the same party that is suspended by the IEC so this makes it still a twist and turn. so they still have to fight to have their name on that particular ballot paper. But things may take a different turn with these factions fighting over leadership battle. If they do not come together as one to reach a consensus to have their name back in that ballot paper, then chances are they will still remain suspended by the IEC.
2: Mm, I doubt they'll make the cut-off time. Thank you so much. That's Ntlantla Mabaso, EWN KwaZulu Natal correspondent, giving us a quick update on the NFP. Endless fights. They've been happening since the passing, really, of its founder and president, Zanele Kwama KwaZam CB, in 2021. They haven't been able to find a way to work together over the weekend, electing Irvin Barnes. But as Ntantla's pointing out there, it doesn't necessarily hold water because the faction has rejected it. But that faction's own conference was also rejected and is, is before the courts walking this talk together
1: every hour every day. every
0: day this is 702 let's walk the talk
7: good day uh cd it's not many MP. i think that uh, the uh, formation of the so-called new party or the de, de facto party of the mkondo is uh, by former president jacob Zuma, i think uh, it will uh, not make uh, any inroads in the political le- landscape except uh, some pockets in case and, and uh, in some parts of uh, uh as well but in other provinces northwest in pumala and Limpop, i don't think it will make any any impact at all and uh, for Lian methods to uh, manhandle stuff staff for name tags, i think is childish and the the right decision was made for her to be charged
5: daily the nc must stop being fearful they must just expel Zuma. Zuma is done. He's no longer having a support. He thinks he do have, but he has nothing. Masishingomklanga thanks.
2: Thank you so much for your voice notes. Keep them coming. That Leon Mate's is issue, I'm, I'm waiting to hear more of what the EFF has to say about it. I tried reaching out to the EFF over the weekend. The claim that was given by the spokesperson, our Tambo, is that he had, he just was on a flight. He didn't know anything. He never got back to me as, as, as it often is the case with, with political parties. They, they hardly get back to us, but he didn't say more. But I would like to imagine. Like men handling a staffer, like that says something about the culture of an organization. That imagine that they'd want to navigate, that manage that, and help us understand what is going on. But as you said, maybe the right thing was done. That this particular staffer went to the courts. Thank you for your voice notes. If you got a WhatsApp or a voice note, oh seven two seven zero two one seven zero two oh seven two five six seven one five
0: six seven. Your voice, your station. Let's walk the talk. Seven zero two. Seven zero two.
2: A quick focus on education in the province. Late school placement applications for grade 1s and 8s have been open. I think they're open from today. We'll get more on this from the spokesperson for Gauteng Department of Education, Steve Marbona, who joins me now on the line. Steve, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. So this window period, is it for those who missed the initial chance to register learners or for those who have queries about how their registration um, was um uh, turned out?
8: Good afternoon, uh, to all our listeners, Yes, it's for those that could not apply at all. If you have missed the boat, now is the opportunity for you to apply. I, we know that there are those that would have said uh, we gave them probably schools that they don't want, they lodged some objections and appeals, and uh, some of them they are trying to go back into the system and apply the system will not allow them to do so. So it's only those that did not apply at all. And the schools that are available there, it's those schools that have space. So if you click a school, already you are placed at that school. So parents need to be very careful when they choose schools, because automatically, once you click a school, then you will be placed there.
2: Help me understand, Steve. You just said that they have not been able; they will not be able to be, to apply. I'm not sure what you're saying. So they must still go via online for this particular process to register. And there is a set of schools that have space, and they can try and pursue an option for their children. There is that it.
8: Yes, I'm saying it's only for those that did not apply at all. There are those that would have probably decided that they want to come to Te for different reasons. Uh, those that will want to uh, you know move from right. one place to the other uh, they have not they have been given an opportunity to apply because remember we opened the system and then we at some point we closed it yes. so now we have opened since uh, eight o'clock this morning we have seen uh, just around two thousand applications in an hour, and uh, those parents have been placed already because, like as I've indicated, once you click on a school. Um, We don't have to wait for placement period or documents. So what we want to appeal to them, now that they are placed, they need to uh, submit those documents when we open the schools on the 17th of January.
2: And then how long is this window period open for?
8: We are closing on the 31st of January. We are doing so because we know that there are those parents that will not be in a position to utilize the system. They will seek assistance. So because our employees are on recess, many of them, they will be back, you know, second week of January. So parents will still have an opportunity to come to our offices, district offices and head office, and they will be assisted to apply. So that's why we're closing the system on the 31st of January. Mm.
2: And just very quickly, just about the challenges often with space. I think Houteng faces a challenge of a growing, ever-growing population. And that becomes an issue with regards to placement and availability of schools. Are there concerns about that as we head into a new year? How do you manage that?
8: Uh, yes, we are quite concerned. But what we've been doing, we've been increasing capacity in terms of uh, building more classrooms, you know, availing mobile units and also building, you know, what we call satellite schools. You know, it will be an entire school that is linked to an existing one. So we've been doing that. I mean, last year, this time, we were sitting at about 50,000 unplaced. Now we have placed everyone. It's only about the 20 grade 8 learners that we are finalizing, in the and we know where they are in the Johannesburg West, Houting West area. So um we will continue to augment, but we are pressured. And we want to say to parents, we plead for patients and uh, let's work together because we will not be in a position to give them what they want, all of them. So that's why we have alternative space where we will uh, move them to uh, so that they can exclude
2: Alright, thank you so much That's the Gauteng Education Spokesperson Steve Mabon. Now speaking about The placement applications Have been opened For grade One's and grade 8 You can go online and apply there It is open until the 31st of January
1: Because this journey Is better taken together Let's walk the talk 702
2: the Deep mob, just the suspect, appeared in court today. I think it was their third appearance. EWN's Alpha Ramushwana is watching that story for us. Alpha joins me now on the line. Alpha, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me. The men who've been dubbed the Deep Sloot Five are back in court in court. How far along is the matter proceedings today?
3: Good afternoon, T D. Yes. Well, the five men who are accused of being behind um, recent mob attacks in deep salute uh, at the Renberg Magistrates Court today, and they are appearing for two things. Firstly, um, uh, the the prosecutors will be verifying uh, the residential addresses of um, uh, um, the five men before, of course, they uh, go to their bail application. And secondly, um, today uh, the court is also expected to announce when exactly the five men should appear uh, before the Brandberg Magistrates Court for a formal bail hearing. So today, basically, it's two uh, matters in one. Uh, formal bail application, uh, the setting of a date for our formal bail application, and, of course, uh, verifying their residential addresses.
2: All right, thank you so much. That's Alpha Ramushwana saying that they're verifying the, the residential addresses of the men who have been dubbed the deep stood five. If you remember... The community had been out and about supporting these suspects. They're involved in mob justice in the Deep Sloot area. Um, they are each facing seven counts of murder It's alleged that they stoned to death seven young men And then torched their bodies on the 1st of this month And again we've seen community members coming out in their numbers In support of these particular men who've now been dubbed the Deep Slot 5 That matter will definitely stay with us for some time Before uh, trial even takes place Walking this talk together.
0: Every hour. Every day. This is 702. Let's walk the talk
2: the constitutional court will today make a ruling on whether one would still be liable for a debt even though they do not know about it. I find this very interesting because me, now I'll plead ignorance. I'll be like, oh, but I I did not know. (laughs) Why must I pay a scholar that I know nothing about? Humuso Mudise, EWN reporter, is here to explain this one for us. Humuso, honestly, I would make an argument that uh, I I, I did not know about this particular debt. What do we know about this matter? I don't know if a judgment has been handed down as yet.
9: So, judgment was said to be handed down at 10 a.m. in the Court, but nothing has been uploaded yet. I have given them a phone call and I haven't received anything yet. But it's a really interesting matter that's been playing out in the Concord mm. around debt. So, if you have debt or someone owes you, I think you should listen and you should pay attention. Uh, I'm listening attentively. <laughs> so, I mean, this matter really emanated from um, uh, a couple that wanted to buy land in the Northern Cape. And they um, got in touch with their lawyers and said, listen, we want to buy land. Please go through, um, you know, uh, 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 or start the process for us And take this option that would save us money Now according to them The lawyers took forever And they missed out on this particular option And once they missed out on it They believed they incurred additional costs They then went on and got new lawyers To actually you know, go through Or negotiate this deal for them But then, this was all the way in 2003, they then felt, listen, the lawyers that missed out on this option actually owe us money. And they then decided to pursue this. Now, this happened in 2003, but they only decided to pursue this matter in 2009 and said, listen, we've become aware of provisions in law that say you owe us money. They took the matter to court and ultimately the high court ruled in their favor saying, yes, they do owe you money. But then the Prescription Act in South Africa says, and I want to make sure I have it right. Three years for debt to be done away. So, act. Uh, uh, so, debt only becomes prescribed after three. Yes. so i.e you go to jets or you go to mr price and you buy your clothes on credit and mr price doesn't bother to let you know they don't send you their letters they don't do anything and three years lapses you don't owe them money unless they can prove
2: that's what i would heard yes. i think i've heard
9: that in past yes yes <laughs> unless they can prove that you are aware oh, okay. Sorry, or you yes. can argue you would have a leg to stand on to argue to say three years has passed and according to the prescription acts i don't owe you money that the debt has actually been prescribed these guys have been fighting this in the costume. Court, they're saying, no, listen, we only knew about the legislation in 2007 and we have a leg to stand on. And so you do owe us money as the lawyers. Now, what's playing out in court today? in the constitutional courts is that mm. they're challenging these provisions in the in the Prescription Act. I want to make sure that you guys have um, what the Prescription Act actually says. It says a debt shall not be deemed to be due until the creditor has knowledge of the identity of the debtor. So i.e. these guys should know that the lawyers are the people that owe us the money yes. and the fact from which the debt arises and that's from the fact that they missed out on this option to save us money. So what's playing out here is really interesting because if they, what would happen today is that if the Concord rules in these in the lawyers' favour, then the Prescription Act Act stays as is. Um, But if it rules in their favour, then they will be continuing to challenge the provisions of the Prescription Act.
2: It's a very interesting one. uh, It could set a precedent also for people who are Drowning from yes, death yes, I that's yes, why I keep yes. laughing because I keep thinking, your yes. adulting is so tough. death yes. is such a big thing. So it'll be a very interesting how that plays itself out. So we haven't seen the judgment yet. We'll wait for the judgment. Thank you so much. That's Humoto Mudisa from EW and Reporter explaining that very intricate, very interesting case. Um, we will get a judgment from the constitutional court hopefully before the end of today. Your voice. Your station.
0: Let's walk the talk. 702.
2: 702. We go back to the courts now. I'm joined by Benedict Wicks, where the case looking into the sexual assault and murder of a Joburg teacher continues in the Randberg Magistrates Court. The 21-year-old man accused of the murder and rape of Kristen Klitz is continuing with his bail application. Benedict joins me now. Benedict, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Benedict. he is still maintaining his innocence and that he's merely stumbled, well, he merely
10: stumbled um, across mm-hmm. her body. That's it still? That is still um, his version. The accused has taken the stand in his bail application. It's not it's not very often that we see that, but occasionally um, I've seen it in my, in, in, in my coverage of the courts. Um, but it is quite uncommon. But he has been on the stand. He first took the stand last week, and he's still on the stand. He's still delivering his sort of evidence in chief at the moment. Um, yeah, and his story is that he... Uh, had been at a party the night before, and Alex, he had taken a taxi back to his res in Parkmore um, in Sanson. He'd fallen asleep in the taxi and missed a stop. Um, so when he, when he did get off, he had to walk a portion of the way, and he was a bit lost, and he was trying to make his way back to his res when he essentially, yes, um, according to him, stumbled across this body, Went saw a rag, went to go and investigate a bit further, lifted the rag and found this woman's body, um, and then realized that she was dead. And for fear of being blamed for her death, just basically fled the scene.
2: So I, unlike you, have never seen a witness take the stand during a bail hearing before. Mm. But I've seen, and you and I've discussed how bizarre mm. all of this is. Why is he still on the stand, though? I, I don't understand why it feels like he's been on the stand for long, giving his testimony.
10: It does. It does feel like it has been quite a while. So initially, the bail application was only set down for one day, and I think my understanding is at that, that time, and um, the idea was that it would be led purely on affidavits, which would have just entailed each side reading affidavits into the record and then arguing, which is generally pretty quick. Um, but at the last occasion, that was last week, Wednesday, when his bail application got underway, we did hear that he's now facing these additional charges. So initially it was just murder, and now it's murder and rape and aggravated robbery. And on the back of that, his his counsel... Um, consulted with him for a bit and then came back and said, well, because of these new charges now, we, we basically feel we have no choice. We need to put him on the stand. And they, they are going through his version of events in, in quite minuscule detail. and um, There's a lot of repetition, um, but they're going step by step by step. Uh, something that they've been focusing on quite a lot today is at this point, did you have any intention of killing someone? At this point, did you have any intention of killing someone? And that, we must remember, will obviously play into the state of vermin that this was a premeditated murder. But again, when we talk about premeditated murder... Um, premeditated doesn't necessarily mean someone sat for several days or several weeks or several months plotting out a murder. Premeditation can take place in just a couple of minutes in the eyes of the law.
2: And just before I let you go though, he is also making, before we forget what this is actually about, Mm -hmm. he is making a case for him to be granted bail. What are the merits that he believes under which conditions should the state trust that he would not violate Mm -hmm. terms of a bail? Why
10: does he think he deserves to be granted bail? Mm -hmm. Well, this bail application is taking place in terms of Schedule 6. And when we talk about um, scheduling and and what it means for bail, it basically will dictate who needs to show what during a bail application in order for the court to grant them bail. So because it's Schedule 6, he bears an onus to show that there are exceptional circumstances warranting his release on um, bail in the interests of justice. So far, from what we can gather from the from the defensive case, and you must remember they still need to argue at the end of his testimony, but we know and they have said that they're going to attack the strength of the state's case. So from what I understand so far, their sort of main, their sort of main line of attack is going to be that the state has a weak case against them. They're going to try and argue that those are exceptional circumstances. But whether or not the court will find that remains to be seen. I mean, today we have seen photos handed up in court of him wearing um, the deceased's shirt that she was wearing that day. And he hasn't really provided an, an, an explanation for that. All he has said is that he took her clothes away because after he had touched her, he was scared of leaving fingerprints at the scene. But why he would put on her T-shirt, we still don't really know. But he's admitted that the CCTV footage, and that is him, and that is him wearing her shirt.
2: All right, thank you so much. That's Benedict Wicks, was out in Randburg, covering the case of the 21-year-old who's accused of murder and rape of Kristen Kletz, um, who is busy with his bail application. I'm also seeing there live proceedings from that particular matter that are unfolding at the moment. Walking
0: this talk together Every hour. Every day. This is
7: 702. Let's walk the talk. Good afternoon, CD, and good afternoon to the listeners of 702. Siri, I I think Jacob Zuma now has taken the steps whereby he is lost. The advisors, they gave him wrong advice in terms of you cannot disown the ANC. And with Zuma's status cure within the ANC, he was never supposed to do that. Conflicts are there to be solved. We agree and disagree, but then we need to have the solution. And now. I don't see any need for him to go and open his party, which is Umkonto and still you are still using the brand of the ANC, but then you said you're not going to vote for the ANC, you're not voting for Ramaphosa, you're voting for an organization. The mandate is the ANC, not Ramaphosa. Thank you very much, Sid. I'm enjoying your show. This is Joe in Soweto.
2: Thank you so much for that, Joe. Joe, this is the quintessential spitty pity of, I think, former President Jacob Zuma's politics. People were in disagreement with me when I said, "Hey, he remains a strategist," and they were saying, "Oh, but don't give him flowers." And I don't think strategy is about your 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 intention. I think that's a different conversation. I think strategy is going, "Hmm, what can I do? To what end?" is remains the question. So I don't think he's seeking conflict resolution. No, I think he remains angry and bitter, and you could hear it. I was there uh, in on Saturday in Soweto so he remains angry and bitter the intention and the motive is a completely different ball game thank you so much for all your voice notes keep them coming
0: sports rap sports rap with Mganga.
2: thank you so much for joining us now Mganga, for the sports rap the one thing i do know as we look at look back at the weekend is another approach is once again choked that's all right phrasing <laughs>
1: Lost. I prefer the word lost. Is it rather more than to lost? We normally use choking at a big tournament. I think if especially because we're still on a downward track following the world. So Cup. it's not shocking that we lost. It is literally where we've been. So we're choking, rebuilding.
2: So choking would be if we're constant if we're constantly winning and then we don't, then we've choked. In this instance,
1: we're just continuing on our downward trajectory. yes that's the best way to describe okay, it because we know it. that the last time we had played an odi before yesterday's game was that semi-final against australia that we still don't speak about <laughs> so in the pink odi it was a little bit disappointing when you look at the fact at the scorecard only three players even got to double digits never mind a half century only three players did that so for rob walter for him saying that he is kind of on the right track with these team they're still figuring themselves out because there are quite a number of youngsters that are making their names into this team. There is a lot of work to be done. Rebuilding, as you say. Rebuilding. And on top of that, it comes on the defeat in the T20 game on Thursday. But we know that with the T20, we've got the World Cup coming up. And thankfully, we can look at ourselves and have time in that format to build. But I think when it comes to the coach and the players, a lot of questions will be, What's next? What, what can they do to fix it? Because it's one thing if it's one player that's not performing. Mm. But with majority of the squad, a lot of them aren't pulling up their weight in terms of the batting, especially.
2: I remember talking about a, a whole team not performing speaking about Mafana Mafana for many years but you'll, you'll, you'll that's a different conversation the Springboks gave the us a
1: holiday so it's fine <laughs> every is fine oh yeah we had a great
2: holiday <laughs> speak to me about the Premier League I know yes. that it was also on let's
1: move away from ourselves as a Manchester United fan I know the Liverpool supporters oh. are going oh my goodness what a horrible game we didn't lose that was the most important thing we didn't lose because we were like debating like is it going to be a 7-0 again is it going uh. to be 11 oh, this yeah, time yeah, around. I, I think Erickton Hogg he'll take a lot of credit from his defence. They do show some sort of character in the fact of, it's so much mixed messaging around this team. Some of the players aren't stepping up and the ones that he wanted out are the only players that he can really rely on and the players that we, the supporters, think should be the number, wa- number one names on the team sheet. Erickton Haag doesn't really seem to rate them at the moment, but I think it's a positive from them to take from it. When you're Liverpool, the fact that you can't beat Manchester United is very concerning. The <laughs> cat Champions don't do these things. You should see her face. Oh, my goodness. Champions don't do these things. Even Arsenal beat us. So it should have been an easy game for them. But I think in the Premier League, now that we're heading towards that hectic turnaround of games every three days, it's going to get exciting, especially with the title race. We know Arsenal are in there. We know Liverpool are in there. And Aston Villa are causing a bit of a surprise and amongst the top five. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, in under a minute, talk to me about the Carling Black Label Cup. That's it, local, right? Yes, it is. It wasn't the most two most well-known teams in Still in Bosch TS Galaxy. Oh, yeah, but yeah, for yeah, Coach Steve Barker, a few months after the passing of his uncle Clive Barker, he finally got his first trophy in domestic football, lifting that trophy over the after the penalty shootout win over TS Galaxy. Thank you. That's Tolagielem Ganga with the sports Wrap.
0: Your voice.
2: Your station.
0: Let's walk the talk.
2: 702. 702. That's it for me. I'll be back with you tomorrow for this holiday edition of the Midday Report.